0: Good evening from Charlotte. I'm James Brierton and welcome to an all new edition of the Carolina Weather Group for this Wednesday, September 2nd, 2020. Our featured interview this week are with the meteorologists of WLTX, the Tegna owned CBS affiliate in Columbia, South Carolina. We'll hear from them coming up. I'll also have your weather headlines. But first, let's get a check of your forecast. Here's Frank.
1: As we look at late Wednesday afternoon satellite pictures, you can see there's not a lot in the way of clouds over the Carolinas. It's just been a hot and uh, sultry day, and it looks as though we stay, for the most part, rain-free, warm, and sultry tonight with uh, any lingering shower thunderstorm activity close to the coast and in the mountains dying off fairly quickly. Off to our north and west, you can see that we have uh, some clouds associated with cold front moving into the northeast, becoming stationary over the Ohio Valley and uh, into the Arctic, an upper disturbance. Over the southern plain states will uh, be something to watch the next few days as well. Also, some clouds coming in from Canada associated with a uh, storm system and cold front moving in. This front will get quite far to the south for this time of year. Brings us a nice cool down this weekend. Also, two tropical systems to keep an eye on. Omar, tropical storm off to the east of Norfolk, Virginia. It will dissipate and move away, so it's not a worry for us in the Carolinas. Also, not a worry for us in the Carolinas is Nana, which is heading into Central America. It'll make landfall in Belize tonight, most likely as a tropical storm, although it might intensify to a hurricane at the last minute before landfall more of the tropics in a minute let's go on to our forecast for the next few days main jet streams well to our north you can see there's a disturbance associated with that next cold front coming in out of Canada and that's the one that brings us a cool down this weekend there's our uh, upper disturbance over the southern plain states too a ridge over the southeast is keeping us hot for now and uh, it looks as though that even gets a little stronger uh, through Thursday into Friday and uh, that results in it getting even hotter Looks actually kind of miserably hot in the next couple of days. One piece of this uh, southern plains disturbance goes by to our north Thursday, and then Friday, uh, which is what we're looking at here. Uh, we see an upper trough uh, digging in thanks to that uh, storm that's coming in, storm system coming in from Canada. Uh, the trailing front uh, could be close to the Carolinas by that point. Uh, that's how we cool down this weekend. So we'll look for that. Uh, to be a pretty nice weekend for most in the Carolinas. Enjoy it while it lasts because it won't. By the time we get to Monday night, our uh, upper trough becomes replaced by an upper ridge over the western part of the Atlantic, and along the southeast coast gets even stronger into Tuesday. So again, uh, heating up again early next week. Nation's midsection sees a deep trough coming in. However, by the time we get to the middle of next week, uh, another unusually strong one for this time of year, there are questions as to when, if ever, that gets to the east coast, though. So uh, don't count on a cool down as that pushes eastward late next week, but there is a chance, so we'll keep an eye out for that. Now, uh, looking at the surface pattern, uh, for your Thursday here, one piece of that uh, Southern Plains disturbance, again, going by to our north and west, might clip the mountains with a couple showers and thunderstorms around, but that's about it in terms of uh, showers and thunderstorms. Most places look hot and rain-free and rather humid, too. That's the case for Thursday and Friday. In fact, uh, miserably hot. Uh, We'll see mid to high 90s in temperatures, maybe even 100 in the usual hot spots in South Carolina, maybe Fayetteville too. That'll be the case for both Thursday and Friday with heat index values well above 100. Uh, So uh, take the necessary precautions if you have to be working out in the heat. On Friday, which is what we're looking at here, the next fronts approaching from the north and west could cause uh, some showers and storms around the western part of North Carolina and upstate South Carolina in the afternoon and evening. And then, as it sinks southward uh, on Saturday, we might see a couple showers and storms around uh, the coastal areas in South Carolina and maybe uh, southeastern North Carolina too. But for the most part, this area of high pressure that you see centered over southwest Virginia by the end of the day Saturday brings a turn to much nicer weather uh, for most of the Carolinas uh, for Saturday. It looks like a great weekend to be in the mountains as uh, temperatures run below normal, 70s in the higher elevations, 80s in the lower elevations, low 80s. And that'll be the case for sunday too uh, saturday night looks very comfortable so a good time to go up to the mountains if you want to north carolina beaches don't look so bad either and uh, sunday could even be a nice day at the south carolina beaches with a drop in the humidity levels and it's not too hot either uh, so sunday across the carolinas could be a pretty good day but again early next week we'll be heating up gradually and getting more humid too uh, not much in the way of rain for monday maybe along the coast and into the south carolina midlands by tuesday which is what we're looking at here although uh, the canadian model we're looking at here would say not a lot And you'll note this uh, sharp cold front pushing southward down the plains associated with that uh, strong upper trough. And again, Canadian model at least shows it getting to us by Thursday, bringing us stormy weather. Maybe a cool down follows at the end of next week, but no guarantees just yet. There are model differences. So, uh, let's go on to the tropics. We already talked about Omar and Nana. We have disturbances that have come off of Africa. Uh, One that's over the middle of the Atlantic doesn't look too impressive. Uh, Much more impressive one has just come off of Africa. And here's what it looks like on satellite pictures. Not too worried about this one in the middle of the Atlantic at this point. This one, not a concern for the short term, but it looks more impressive, at least in terms of clouds. Uh, There is some dry air to the north that will uh, slow the intensification and organization process, though. But by the time this gets to the middle of the Atlantic uh, over the weekend or early next week, it has a chance to develop and develop. We'll have to keep an eye on this one very closely.
0: Thanks, Frank. Our featured interview this week with WLTX coming up in just moments. But first, check of your weather headlines. And we start with a sad update out of Johnston County, North Carolina, where rescuers have recovered the body of five-year-old Alexa Castro. As you may recall, she was traveling in a vehicle Monday that was overcome by floodwaters near the Nice River. Their mother was driving the car. She was pulled to safety and remains hospitalized, according to reports. The four-year-old, Abraham Martinez Jr., who was also in the car, is still missing. And rescue efforts are continuing at this hour to try to find him. Our thoughts and prayers are with the family as this ongoing search continues. That wasn't the only area this week that saw flash flooding associated with heavy rains. The Salisbury Fire Department in the greater Charlotte area had a busy day on Monday as floodwaters there uh, began to flood a few nearby communities and townhomes. These pictures were tweeted by the fire department. You can see them there helping people and pets to safety during that severe flash flooding that occurred on Monday. Luckily, no one was injured. And New Hanover County has collected more than 104,000 cubic yards of vegetative debris from Hurricane Isaiah since August 10th. It's expected to complete debris collection in the unincorporated areas of the county by the end of September. Residents have been able to bring storm-related debris to the landfill at no cost, and that will continue through Monday, September 7th. And Mecklenburg County says air quality in around Charlotte improved during the coronavirus stay-at-home order earlier this year when they saw a 40% Drop in traffic on the roadway. As check of your weather headlines, as always, you can find news throughout the week on the social media platforms of the Carolina Weather Group. We even have a special podcast that came out earlier this week, uh, talking about a new study. That talks about uh, climate change and the hurricane season. You can find that exclusively in the uh, previous episode on our audio podcast feed, which can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Okay, let's bring in our guests this week. Uh, they are meteorologists with Tegna's CBS affiliate in Columbia, South Carolina. They're joining us as a part of our fun, lighthearted at-home series with so many people joining us, uh, working from home, and, of course, doing their interviews from home. I do have one t- Technical note for you: something that we discovered during editing, uh, which is that the microphone from Chief Meteorologist Efron Afante was a little peaked, a little hot, and so some of his audio is a little uh, distorted. And we wanted to make sure that we still included him uh, in tonight's episode because we certainly appreciate his time. Uh, So I wanted to give you a heads up that you will be hearing some of that uh, audio during tonight's conversation, and wanted to just let you know uh, a little bit about uh, what we'll. Uh, you'll be hearing uh, during tonight's conversation. So we apologize uh, for that little bit of a technical difficulty to, uh, to Afron, uh, and to all you at home, but uh, we hope that you will still enjoy tonight's conversation and uh, stay tuned. Uh, Scotty will pick it up from here.
2: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Carolina Weather Group. We're happy to have you this evening. Tonight, we are joined by the WLTX weather team out of Columbia, South Carolina. That is the CBS affiliate there. So if you watch Channel 19 at Columbia, you probably see some familiar faces. And if you don't, Hopefully after tonight, you'll get to learn about these meteorologists and tune over and uh, check out the weathercast. So Efren, Daniel, L- Alex and Daniel, thank you uh, for joining us and uh, happy to have you all. And thank you for a little bit of your time. So we're going to start off this question. Uh, probably one you've been asked several times, but we're going to ask it again. Um, how did you guys, uh, how did you know you wanted to be a meteorologist? What, what persuaded you to do that? And uh, Everett, I'll start with you, and I'll just let the, the team continue after that.
3: Actually, the interesting thing is that when I went to school, I actually wanted to be an aeronautical engineer. Um, then I had an interest in, in weather, but I never had an interest in meteorology as far as a study. And I took one class, and it was an orientation to professional meteorology. There's one credit class, and I got hooked. And uh, it came down to really the same thing. I'm always talking to kids, high schoolers, college students. And come down to the one word I always say when I talk to people about meteorology, it's why. Why is it sunny? Why is it hot? Why does that cloud look like it's cutting half from the bottom? Uh, Why is it raining at my house, but my neighbors who are just a quarter mile down the road, they're not getting a lick of rain? Why, 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 why? And that's where my interest really came in. Why is the weather the way it is? And every time I asked the question, and still today, uh, it's that passion of wanting to know why it is. And even finding out why it is, I just uh, wanted to know more. It's like those little kids who, you know, when I was eight years old and sitting on my mom and looking straight up and going, that cloud looks like a dog and that cloud looks like uh, a tree. Those are the things that, you know, really got my, my interest peak when I was a kid. But it wasn't as an adult that I realized that. There's a very big interest and I just want to know more. Um, so
4: I always knew I loved the weather. For me, it was, you know, um, flying uh, to Florida for the summer and seeing all those big puffy clouds and just wondering, you know, how do clouds that produce so much rain, you know, stay afloat, you know, as a kid. I was just so amazed by the idea that it was just totally sunny along the approach when you're flying into, let's say, like Orlando, for example. And then by the time you're at the airport and you're getting the taxi, it's pouring, you know. So just the power of the weather in the southeast was actually what started it. But I'm from New York originally, so it wasn't the snowstorms and things like that that initially did it for me. So that was kind of a surprising thing um, because a lot of my, um, you know, fellow Colleagues and friends that I went to school with, it was snow for them because I went to school at Rutgers in New Jersey. So, yeah, I originally wanted to be kind of more of the operational forecasting side of things. But then I realized when I was in school after Hurricane Sandy that I wanted to do more television and communication because a lot of people... Um, were impacted by storm surge because they had no idea what it was. It wasn't well communicated. Um, you know, as far as the city evacuating people from uh, for Sandy. Hurricane Sandy wasn't a hurricane when it made landfall. So there were just so many communication things. I mean, we see it now with the derecho in uh, the Midwest. You know, people don't know what a derecho is. And so there's all of these different things. Um, that kind of go into the communication aspect that I was like, you know what that is absolutely what I where I feel comfort. I need to you know, kind of explain what's happening because I love learning about the weather and why it's happening. So that was sort of what did it for me.
5: I'm kind of like Alex. I grew up outside of Philly but it wasn't snowstorms that did it for me. I have a lot of good memories of snowstorms but kind of like the two like big things I remember growing up was like sitting on the back porch dangerously close just like listening to thunderstorms and like this is the coolest thing ever. Um, and then just kind of like growing up, the news was always on in my house and for like my 15th birthday, I think my mom took me to the today show so I could like meet Al Roker and do that whole experience. Um, so I knew I kind of like wanted to do news, but I hated writing and I, I naively thought like weather's cool. I love science. I'm never gonna have to write as a meteorologist (laughs) wrong. But um, I kinda just like combined a lot of different interests and it really worked out and it's been great. And it's fun, like Alex said, communicating while also like being a scientist and kind of digging deep with the math and science was always kind of what I leaned towards growing up.
6: Well, I'll go ahead and tell you back in uh, 1984, a tornado destroyed the school I was in. And so that kind of uh, sparked a little bit of interest for me. And then Hugo back in 1989, that was a big deal as well in South Carolina. And, and all y'all know it as well, that's still the litmus test for hurricanes is Hurricane Hugo. But um, I think those are the two things that kind of sparked my interest. I do apologize. I'm sitting in the car. They don't like for us to stay in the station. So I'm
2: sitting in the car kind of holding the phone. <laughs> it's, you look good, Daniel. And you sound good. Appreciate that. Hugo, definitely one of those benchmark storms uh, for the Carolinas. Uh, Speaking of that, uh, Danielle, I heard you mention Al Roker, so our next question, uh, was there a meteorologist that you looked up to growing up, or maybe even in college with internships, someone uh, that you looked up to as uh, as you went through your career? I
5: can start, so yeah, Al Roker, like when I was growing up, for sure, Um, and then, so I got to go to school at UNC Charlotte, Um, and so being in Charlotte, Panovich is who you kind of watch, and who you're kind of like, Following along, um, so on the more local scale, Panovich was definitely a really good mentor, and then ended up being a teacher at school. So he was one of the the people that definitely helped solidify that for me. When oh, uh,
4: uh, when I was a kid, I watched a lot of Weber Channel. Anytime I was sick at home, I was so excited that I could just watch that all day long, and you know, just hear the forecast around the country. So honestly, you know, growing up seeing a lot of those meteorologists, I just All of them. I was just totally attached to and interested in because I felt that they were very knowledgeable and that they dug in deep to the weather. So I appreciated that always. Um, I have to say, probably in high school, um, Stephanie Abrams was her career was really starting to rev up. And I probably looked up to her the most because she was just so, you know, her personality was just what it was, you know, she wasn't really afraid to hide it on air. And I was always, you know, in high school, the kind of person who just said, whatever came to mind. So I felt like I could kind of relate to her. And she also, you know, was big on the science and on the math. She was from Florida. I love Florida weather, you know, so there was like that connection I always felt with her um, whenever I would watch her on TV, because she was really into the science. But she also had like this personality where she was like unapologetically herself, you know. And so I, I think Stephanie Abrams was definitely a person during my formidable years that I looked up to.
6: Well, I'll jump in. Um, crazy enough, since I I live where I or I work where I grew up, I grew up watching Jim Gandy. So that was kind of a guy that I always enjoyed watching. And crazy enough, he came to my school when I was in third grade. That was like seeing a rock star. And then luckily, I was able to work with him for, I don't know, almost 14 years. So that was kind of cool. Uh, kind of dating myself because the weather channel was not necessarily huge when I was coming along. So I do, I do remember me watching uh, Ken Tory, and I met him a few years ago and he seemed to be
2: a pretty nice guy as well. Something that you guys have dealt with already this year, severe weather in the Columbia area. So our question is, which one do you, you find more uh, challenging forecasting, severe weather or winter weather, which we, we get a little mm-hmm. bit of in right here on us. Alex, oh. I'll let you start.
4: Um, That is a great question. So um, for me, I mean, obviously, the tornado outbreak the day after Easter was something that I hadn't anticipated, you know, prior to seeing that, like, you know, synoptic setup could even happen in South Carolina, just because it's so rare to have tornado outbreaks like that. A lot of times, you know, our tornado outbreaks come from our tropical weather, you know, where we're on the dirty side of the storm. And so those are a little bit easier to sort of convey, whereas, you know, a morning tornado outbreak where we had, I believe, like three or four EF3, you know, big tornadoes um, in the Midlands, Um, in the, you know, five, six o'clock hour of the morning, that was definitely, I think, a big challenge. But, you know, winter weather here, we're going on now, you know, our seventh year without any significant snow. So I think as the years go on, you know, there's a whole generation of people that aren't used to snow, either because they didn't live here at the time or because, you know, they weren't grown up yet at the time. So I really think now, and as the years continue to go on, that we go without snow, I really feel that winter weather is perhaps one of the trickiest because severe weather, you know, a lot of times it's isolated the impacts, but if it snows, everybody's feeling that.
6: I'll jump in. Uh, winter weather. I, I've been around doing, I guess I've been doing weather in Columbia since 2007 at this point. And winter weather is always the big thing. And I remember in 2013, we forecasted one to three inches of snow in Columbia, and we missed by 50 miles. The city was shut down, and it was blue skies outside. And even now, it's become even a bigger deal because of social media and all the bad information out there. So in my opinion, for a snow or ice event in South Carolina, That's the bigger challenge. Maybe not from a forecasting standpoint, but from the standpoint of social media and people getting the wrong information out there and and
2: calling us names because we're not uh, buying into the hype sometimes. Good point. Danielle, I want to uh, bring you in. You graduated from UNCC Charlotte or UNC Charlotte. you didn't prepare for doing weather from home, I'm assuming it and and class there, so what are your thoughts?
5: No, it yeah, I barely made it nine months into my career for say that I had to like transfer to my five hundred square foot apartment, so I definitely was not equipped like like other meteorologists have their green screens, blah blah. blah. I did not even have this map here. The station was like, we're gonna throw something on your wall for you so. <laughs> that it was I was not prepared whatsoever but I think I really do like what it has offered now that we're going back to the station it's showed like how much flexibility we could potentially have in our job like we can work and build our graphics and do everything at home on a quiet weather day and I live across the street from the station I can pop over do my show and come on back um so that's kind of been nice and with like Alex's setup it has been so cool to see him like just like, that would be great if you could stay home on a nice weather day and say, check out my plants, check out the beautiful sunshine. It's fantastic. So I didn't really prepare. Um, thankfully, it had been kind of smooth. There hasn't been a ton of hiccups with it. My dog has only barked on air once. So <laughs> like that has all been positives. But um, I don't think we're going to stay like this. But I think it does show that we could have more flexibility in our jobs that we didn't really think we had beforehand when it comes from like working from home.
4: Yeah, you know, just beyond this window is my porch, and I have hundreds of plants out there. So it's been really fun to show off, you know, the different plants and how they're growing. Like my banana tree is growing a new leaf every single week because of how hot and humid it's been. And so there is this opportunity to tell the forecast in a different way. Sometimes during the morning show, the wind will actually shift from behind me, which is my south, um, to in front of me, which is my north. So I can talk about the reason why there is maybe some fog because, you know, the temperature has now reached the dew point because of this northerly breeze that's coming in. It really has been a good opportunity. And a lot of people have come up to me and said that they really like that. I'm out on my porch because um, I'm wearing a jacket when it's cold out and, you know, I'm wearing my windbreaker when it's misting. Luckily I have a roof over my porch, so I don't have to worry. Um, and since it's the morning show, I don't have to worry about storms very frequently. I'm getting in the way either because if there was lightning, then I would not be outside. And that's only happened once during the morning show. So yeah, it's been a good opportunity to sort of change things up a bit. I still have my forecast graphics. I'm still doing, you know, still showing the same things, but now I get to like bring the weather outside where it's happening. And I feel that it's, kind of made me a little bit more intuitive, like to see the sunrise um, earlier in the morning. It's um, I see hummingbirds um, flying at 7 a.m. It's just made me so much more in tune with nature, um, which is really needed when you're not around people. You need something to hold on to. Well,
2: let's switch it up a little bit. Let's get some fun questions here. These are uh, just um, uh, some questions to get to know you guys a little bit better. So uh, beach or mountains? Which one do you guys prefer? Beach or mountains? Beach. Beach, all right. Easy. I'm beach. I'm oh, Danielle. <laughs> uh, that's good. We're all beach. Uh, I love the beach too. Uh, favorite food?
4: Uh, anything. Pasta for me uh, with cheese. That's my <laughs> uh, anything. Italian food is great.
2: Pizza everything pizza.
5: I really like just a good like baguette and some nice cheeses. A little charcuterie spread. That's what I'm gonna say.
2: Everyone's talking about pizza, so we had a few questions about pizza here. A does pineapple deserved to be on pizza and B if you only had one topping besides cheese what would it be on pizza?
3: Pineapple does not belong on pizza.
4: I actually surprisingly do like pineapple on pizza. I didn't first have it until after I left New York because that's just not something you tend to see up there. Um, But I love the sweet salty so and I'm like not afraid of you know some odd and unusual kind of toppings. So on the topic of toppings I think the one that I would really like to keep um, is basil. I know it's simple, but I just love that little herby kind of feel that it gives.
5: I think pineapple can stay on pizza. I'm okay with that. We can, we can, we can leave it there. Um, My topping would be black olives. Like, growing up my sisters and I would have like extra double black olive pizzas and that that was it so I'll keep the black olives with the pineapple.
2: Favorite type of music what do you you listen to while you're preparing your forecast or just kind of out every day what's your favorite type of music?
4: Oh I go for all the decades personally Um, and I do listen to music in the morning a lot of times I'll listen to our other sister stations to see what they were talking about because we have sister stations across the country but when I'm not doing that um, I'll listen I think this morning I was listening to Fleetwood Mac Um, I was listening to the Supremes last week. It's just like, all over the place. I love it. Um, But generally, my favorite music is kind of like that alternative rock kind of thing. Like I still listen to like the Foo Fighters and the Killers, like all those bands that were popular in the 90s and 2000s. They're still releasing pretty good music. So I like them. I'm
5: country all the way. And then whatever Spotify will like say is popular, I'll like shuffle because I don't think I'm a good playlist maker. Um, But if I have to pick it's going to be country.
2: Favorite disaster or weather-themed movie?
4: I agree with Twister. We actually did a um, senior project about all of the things that were wrong with Twister. That was our final <laughs> assignment in mesoscale meteorology, and that was a lot of fun because, I mean, you got to watch Twister and, you know, kind of pick it apart with the things you learned. It was really fun.
5: I'm going to go Twister 2 just because I know I've seen it. I don't like disaster movies. It stress me out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel like I heard a couple of weeks ago there may be a Twister 2 coming out soon. Oh. So uh, we may all have to get together and kind of do what you uh, did, Alex, and kind of Point out the inaccuracies of the movie. <laughs> I'm down. That sounds so fun. <laughs> all right, we we have one more uh, controversial, fun question, and then we'll kind of start to wrap up. Uh, this is one that we've done uh, with all of our, our specials here, and it goes back to food. Is hot dog is a hot dog a sandwich or not? Oh, huh. a hot dog is it a sandwich or is it just a hot dog? Some people say it's a sandwich. Some people know. What's what the definition say? of a sandwich? Well they say it's, it's two pieces of bread and a meat and but a lot of people say that doesn't class of, uh, qualify hot dog doesn't qualify it's, bread. Bread. it's one bread that's
3: yeah.
2: one bread true
4: that's a good point so <laughs> I with that friend. that is a really good argument
2: final question uh this is one to promote your city, Columbia or your forecast area there in the midlands uh tell us why we should visit your area give us maybe your favorite spot to hang out at, something that anybody should go and see if they're uh, in the Columbia area.
5: We have so many river walks. Those are like my favorite places to like take my dog and exercise or like go tubing down the river and you're still like right next to downtown. So I feel like there's a really good mix of like, you can do your downtown thing, but you could also like kind of get out in nature. I really like that aspect of the city.
4: I was going to say the same thing, the rivers. And we have some great parks too. Um, and so you have like, Awesome geography, like I'm up towards the sand hills, which is totally different than Riverwalk, and they're all like a 15-20 minute drive, and sometimes I'll go to both of them in the same day, and in one of them, you know, my feet are all sandy, and then in the other, you're, you know, at the bottom, so it's a great place to sort of learn the fall line, because we're right on it, um, and sort of what the difference is, plus it's, you know, literally the dead center of South Carolina, so if you want to go to mountains or the beach, you're kind of like in a good territory to go to Ivor.
2: I truly say this to a lot of people i live in north carolina but south carolina is like a second home it's a beautiful state um and it's definitely a place that you need to check out so uh y'all we appreciate uh your time today uh, i'll let you be able to promote your social media facebook twitter instagram if you guys want to do that so if our followers aren't already following you uh they can there on social media alex i'll let you go first
4: Sure, it's Alex Calamia WX. That's my Twitter and my Facebook is Alex Calamia as well. Um, my Instagram is very plant focused. Um, we have Gandhi's Garden here at WLTX, which is all about climate and the garden, and it's applicable to everyone in the Southeast. So um, Instagram is a big place for you to see all my plants. So that's Alex Tropical Picks. You'll also see it on my Twitter and Facebook. We're always talking weather and and plants. It's
5: fun. (laughs) Um, I am at WX underscore Danielle on Twitter and Instagram. Lots of forecasting on there. And on Facebook, I am meteorologist Danielle Miller. So come on over.
3: Nice and simple for both my Twitter and my Facebook. It's Eflin WLTX. You can find it on both of them. Uh, It's easy. As long as you spell my first name correctly,
2: you'll be able to find me. Uh, Daniel uh, just emailed me said his phone was overheating, so he wasn't able to stick around. But if you want to follow Daniel, it's Daniel underscore Bonds on Twitter and then on Facebook. I think it's the same thing. Uh, You can follow his weather page, Daniel Bonds. Just search it up WLTX. So we want to appreciate uh, you guys watching us uh, here at the Carolina Weather Group. Uh, Guys, thank you for uh, spending some time with us, and we will see you all next time here on the Carolina Weather
0: Group. That does it for this week's edition of the Carolina Weather Group. We hope you have a safe and happy Labor Day weekend. We appreciate you joining us, Uh, whether you're watching online on YouTube or listening on our audio podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it may be. We certainly appreciate your time. We have more new episodes coming your way each week right here on the Carolina Weather Group. But for now, from Charlotte, I'm James Bryerton. looking forward to talking with you again real soon.